0: It's time now for Spears on Sports with John Spears, presented by M&M Carnage. And now, here's Johnny. I hope you had a great weekend. Made it to Monday. Welcome in, Spears on Sports, presented by M&M Carnage. John Spears in studio. It is Monday, September 12th. What a weekend. My wife was out of town. She got home Saturday evening. I thought we'd go ahead and listen to the whole song. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) She got home Saturday evening and right before the Kentucky game started. And I said, and I had tweeted out earlier, football, man, I'm exhausted. A four-word tweet, really simple. Football, man, I'm exhausted. So she walks in. She's just been on a six-hour to eight-hour trip back from Atlanta. And I said, I'm exhausted. She says, Oh, really? What'd you do today? Did you get out? Did you do some yard work? Did you, you know, you, did you have to go uh, play golf with? I mean, what'd you do? I said, I'm sitting on my butt watching football all day. Whew. I was spent. She doesn't understand it because you get invested in these games. Sometimes you have an investment in these games. Guilty as charged. A lot to talk about today. Crazy weekend. I have no clue. Zero clue what is going on in college football. None. No clue. Because this was not supposed to be a great weekend for college football. Eminem Cartage High Line is open, by the way. 502-384-1450. 384-1450 to join in on the conversation. Thornton's text line open as well. 414-1450. I think we are winding down to the end, but it is still going on. Summer cash bash at Thornton's. Each week, one lucky Refreshing Rewards member wins $10,000 all summer long with a grand prize of a 2022 Chevy Tahoe. Simply open your Refreshing Rewards app, click on the Summer Cash Bash icon, you are entered. You can earn additional entries by purchasing select-top brands like Mountain Dew 20-ounce bottles, Bud Light 12-packs, large Doritos, hot dogs, and many more using your Refreshing Rewards card. That's Thornton's Summer Cash Bash. If you're not a Refreshing Rewards member, text REWARDS to 80313 today. So, as I was saying, I have no clue what's going on in college football. It's supposed to be a simple weekend, right? Not a whole lot of top 25 games. BYU-Baylor, Kentucky-Florida, Alabama, number one, playing Texas in Austin. Okay, that's, that's kind of juicy, but you know what? Texas isn't ranked. Not a whole lot going on, right? Yet here we are. Exhausted before the Kentucky game starts. Why? Well, because Marshall has defeated Notre Dame. App State, Appalachian State, former home of Scott Satterfield, has knocked off Texas A&M and College Station. And Georgia Southern, with head coach Clay Helton, who was fired three games into a season at Southern Cal, Beats Nebraska, who then fires Scott Frost three games into this season. Crazy. Unbelievable. So when I say I don't know what's going to happen, I don't. And if you think you know what's going to happen, you're lying to yourself. We have no idea. Notre Dame and Marcus Freeman 0-3. 0-2 this season, but they're counting the bowl game against him from last year. Now, if you're a Notre Dame fan, what you're hearing is no Notre Dame coach has started 0-3 in the history of the program, and that includes Jerry Faust. Remember him? That includes Charlie Weiss. That includes Ty Willingham. No coach has started 0-3 at Notre Dame. I wonder if Notre Dame had won their bowl game last year If people would be saying, well, he's 0-2. He's not 0-3. Yeah, he's 0-2. Because that was Brian Kelly's team, even though he coached it. But they lost, so it's on Marcus Freeman. He's 0-3. Notre Dame out of the top 25 for the first time in 80 weeks of polling. Kentucky is up to number nine in the AP poll after their very impressive win in the Swamp this week. I don't know what happened to Anthony Richardson because every show I turned on including this one by the way I'm as guilty as anybody compared Anthony Richardson the Florida quarterback to Tim Tebow and Cam Newton and Dak Prescott and any other big quarterback that can also run the football it was his third start Saturday night it looked like it was his third start Saturday night 26 to 16 Kentucky was impressive. Anthony Richardson had the worst completion percentage by an opposing quarterback against UK football in a home game, minimum 35 attempts. He was 14 of 35, 40%. The last time someone did that in a home game against Kentucky, Dave Ragone at Louisville, 2002, he was 14 of 39, 35.9%. Uh, I'm not picking on the cards there. I'm not. I'm just saying it has been a long time. That's 20 years, folks, since a quarterback had a worse passing game against Kentucky. And you can talk about Chris Rodriguez not being there and Will Levis being a Heisman candidate if you want to, and he completed his first eight passes, I think. Didn't throw an incompletion in the first quarter. That defense, that's what we should be talking about today. That defense, unbelievable. Anthony Richardson had four yards rushing. And the second coming of Cam Newton slash Doc Prescott, we we put the cart ahead of the horse in this instance. He might be real good someday. He might be real good. That's good grammar, right? He might be a great quarterback. He's not there yet. Got the size. But I'm not sure he could have hit a boat if he fell out of water the other day. And Kentucky's defense was a lot of the reason. Frontline, linebackers we knew were great. Carrington Valentine. Carrington Valentine had a great game. Early, late, breaking up passes, one-on-one coverage. He was a lot better than last year's Carrington Valentine. And, of course, the pick six. Very impressive performance by Kentucky, who held Florida scoreless in the second half. First time that's happened to the Gators since 2017 against Michigan. Full disclosure I picked Florida to win and cover on Saturday night. By the way, the unsponsored six pack took a step forward this week, four and two. My losers were Florida and the Colts. Who tied Houston yesterday? But my winners, Tennessee, look, they don't take pictures of them. Given six, go to overtime, win by seven. You know what that is? That's a win. BYU, maybe should have lost. They go to overtime. Three point favorite, they win by six. That's a win. The Vikings getting points yesterday? I didn't understand it. And the Chargers yesterday, my Super Bowl champion. So four and two. In the six-pack. But one of the losses was Florida. I drank the, (laughs) no pun intended here, I drank the Gatorade. I drank the Gatorade. I believed everything I heard about Anthony Richardson. I saw part of the Utah-Florida game in a uh, drinking establishment in a sports bar last week. But again, there's a lot of TVs on. I'm trying to watch Louisville against Syracuse. Uh, Kentucky's playing Miami of Ohio at the same time. Notre Dame's playing Ohio State. So I saw some of the Utah-Florida game, but not a lot. But Florida beat a seventh-ranked team as an unranked opponent. That was impressive. Anthony Richardson getting the love. I jumped on board. I drank the Gatorade. But he was not good. Now. I say this every week, early in the season. We just don't know yet. We just don't know how good teams are. Ohio State beat Notre Dame 21-10. to And I said, that's a good win. I don't know how good Notre Dame is. I don't know how good Ohio State is. Well, Notre Dame's not good. Notre Dame looks slow. They don't have a good quarterback. And they lose to Marshall. Does that mean Ohio State's not as good as maybe we thought when they beat Notre Dame by 11? Yeah, that's what that means. We don't know. We don't have any idea just yet how good Ohio State is. They beat Arkansas State this week 45-12. to That tells me nothing. Louisville fan, jumping for joy. I blew that one on Friday night, too. I saw no way after that Syracuse game. But here's what we didn't know. We don't know how good Syracuse is. They walloped Connecticut this weekend. They got Purdue coming up next week, or this coming weekend. How good is Syracuse? Held Louisville to seven. They won handily in the opener, conference game. We just said, well, Louisville stinks. Louisville's terrible. Malik Cunningham took a step backwards. You got to wait for the story to complete itself. We're in a hurry. It's social media era. We want the answers, and we want them now. After Syracuse, it's over. When's basketball season start? But you go to Central Florida, a really good team who plays great football at home. It's a Friday night. You're an underdog, and Malik Cunningham was Malik Cunningham again. Maybe that first game was an anomaly. He was 14 of 21, 201 yards passing, But more impressively, 17 carries for 121. I said after Syracuse, he's got to run the ball more. If he gets hurt, then that's just something you're going to have to live with. Because he has to be able to run the football out of the pocket. He has to be able to scramble and go forward and not throw bad passes or throw the ball away, not with his athletic ability. I said this at the beginning of the year. As Malik Cunningham goes, this team will go. He was terrible against Syracuse. He was much better against Central Florida. They get walloped by Syracuse, and they hang on to beat Central Florida. It really is that simple. 121 rushing yards and a touchdown. He's got to play great. The defense was better. They tackled. What the manager say in Bull Durham? It's a simple game. You throw the ball, you hit the ball, you catch the ball. Football's a simple game. You tackle the guy with the football. And they didn't do that against Syracuse. But they did it this week. Momo Sanogo, Monty Montgomery, Diaby, all of them. Kitrell Clark in coverage. Defensive line, get them, go get them. The cards were much better. It gives you hope. Because let me tell you right now, Friday night, short week, you have Florida State coming in. Florida State had a week off after their uh, win over LSU. Mike Norvell's team's going to be ready to go. They're going to be ready to rock. They remember. They have memories. They know what happened last year. But I don't know what's going to happen Friday night, and neither do you. We can act like we, we know. Yeah, Louisville's, uh, you know what, they put it together now. They're ready to go. Defense better. Malik being Malik. Scott Satterfield, a little more focused on the the game plan, on the play calling, good play calling. Still ran a little too much on second and long. Okay, we'll fix that. We know what's going to happen, right? Florida State, they beat LSU, but look, Jordan Travis, he he wasn't even going to play here. That's why he left. He's now starting for Florida State. We don't know what's going to happen. I can tell you Florida State's a a one-and-a-half-point favorite. We don't know. But I will say this. Vegas usually knows. And Florida State's a a one-and-a-half-point favorite at Louisville on Friday night. Vegas was obviously impressed with the win over LSU. Congratulations, Brian Kelly, by the way. LSU got their first win yesterday. (laughs) under Brian Kelly. They led 51 nothing at halftime. LSU uh, takes it off the throttle. They beat Southern University 65-70. So, Kentucky, impressive win. Found out this morning, Chris Rodriguez, who again didn't play, will be eligible October 1st at Ole Miss. He is uh, going to finish out serving what becomes a four-game suspension. He won't play against Youngstown State this Saturday. He won't play against Northern Illinois the following Saturday. Games you can't slip up in. Youngstown's 2-0. They're averaging about 38 points a game. I know. I know. They haven't played anybody. I get it. Got to be ready. Got to be ready every week. Ask Texas A&M if you have to be ready. they lose to Appalachian State. Appalachian State gave up 63 points the week before to North Carolina. Texas A&M had one offensive touchdown. They had a kickoff return for a touchdown, but they had one offensive touchdown against a team that gave up 63 points the week before. That's why I don't know what's going to happen. Marshall beats Notre Dame. Georgia Southern beats Nebraska. Indiana trails 10-0 at halftime to Idaho. The roof was caving in in Bloomington Saturday night. But bad weather, delayed game, they got it together at halftime, 35-22, Indiana comes back to beat Iowa. You never know. You never know. Don't say it can't happen to me. Texas A&M, it can't happen to them, right? Wrong. Notre Dame at home against Marshall, wrong. Alabama against Texas, 20-19. to 19. Alabama escapes with the last-second field goal. Texas had the ball five times in the red zone. They got one touchdown. One touchdown. Three field goals. One turnover. They lost their quarterback in the first quarter. Quinn Ewers goes down with a shoulder injury. They bring in a limping backup quarterback who leads Texas to an almost improbable upset of Alabama. Georgia, by the way, is now number one in the AP poll. After that unimpressive performance by the Crimson Tide, they were unrecognizable under Nick Saban because they don't play the way they played the other day. Bama drops to number two. Ohio State is still third. Michigan is still fourth. Clemson is still fifth. Oklahoma up one to six. Southern Cal up three spots to number seven. Oklahoma State up three spots to number eight. Kentucky up 11 spots from 20 to nine. They are the third highest ranked Southeastern Conference team, and we're not talking about basketball. It's football school. It's football school. Arkansas is 10th they're up six spots florida dropped florida went from unranked in one week to 12th and now they dropped to 18th after the loss to kentucky tennessee by the way 2 and 0 up nine spots they're 15th they were unranked before the season started look out for the vols all right we'll take a break i got nfl to get to uh, I'm out of breath already. You're listening to Spears on Sports presented by Eminem Cartage on The Big well, Act. Welcome back. Spears on Sports presented by Eminem Cartage. John Spears in studio. Eminem Courage Highline's open, 384 1450, 502 384 1450. You want to join in on the conversation? Thornton's text line open as well. Text me your surprise of the weekend because there was plenty of them. Plenty of them. 414 1450, 502 414 1450. That's the Thornton's text line. Get your text into the show that way. As I look at this upcoming Saturday, Only a couple of top 25 matchups, BYU and Oregon. Oregon's back in the top 25 at number 25. They're at home against 12th-ranked BYU. BYU coming off a win at home over Baylor Saturday night. And a game that had a lot more shine on it before this weekend happened, Miami at Texas A&M. Miami's ranked 13th. A&M drops to 24th after their loss to Appalachian State. Those are the only two top 25 matchups. Uh, this weekend, again, as you look at the slate, not a great week, not a great week. A lot of big time teams are playing not very good teams. Now, Georgia's got a conference game in South Carolina. Oklahoma's got a, is playing Nebraska, not a conference game, but Nebraska will have an interim coach at the time. And Oklahoma was not impressive against Kent state over the weekend. And that's a noon game. Careful of those noon games. Penn state at Auburn. Sounds like a great game. Penn State's 22nd. Auburn is unranked. So I uh, don't know how great of a game that is. One that it does pique my interest is Texas Tech, who beat Houston in overtime. They're at NC State. Uh, this is one of those games I had marked that NC State has to win to get to that over eight and a half victories on the season. Uh, but you got you got a lot of non-Power 5 teams playing Power 5 teams again this weekend. Uh, especially in the top 25. Now, Louisville and uh, Florida State, great matchup Friday night. Again, I don't want to get on the soapbox. I hate college football on Friday nights. I'm going to be in Cincinnati watching St. X and Elder, calling that game right here on the Big X Friday night. I'd much rather uh, Florida State and Louisville be playing on a Saturday because I'd be there, be able to go, but previous obligations. And it hurt it cuts into the high school crowd. Trinity plays Mail this weekend. Trinity plays Mail. How many people are not going to go to Trinity Mail that normally would because Louisville's playing Florida State. All right, back down off of the soapbox. Sunbelt Conference magic this past weekend. Marshall, App State, Georgia Southern. All three teams in the Sunbelt Conference. Uh Notre Dame, you better find a conference It's not getting better. It's not getting better. You can't lose to Marshall and say, "Ah, we're still Notre Dame. We still want to be an independent. We're better than everybody else. Whatever you say. By the way, gambling-wise, the underdogs in top 25, games involving top 25 teams covered 12 out of 22 games. 12 and 10 underdogs went in top 25 related games. However, the interesting part is the top eight games, the underdogs covered all of them. Number one, Alabama only beat Texas by one. The spread was 21. Number two, Georgia was a 53-point favorite against Samford and won 33 nothing. Ohio State was 44-and-a-half over Arkansas State. They won 45-12. to 12. Hawaii was a 53-point underdog to Michigan. 56-10 was the final. Furman 35 and a half-point dog to Clemson. 35 to 12 was the number. App State, of course, was an 18-point dog. They covered. They won outright. Kent State. This one was interesting. 33-point underdog to Oklahoma. They led three nothing. Lost 33 to three. So Kent State covers. And finally, Marshall, as a 20 and a half point dog, wins outright at Notre Dame. So the top eight teams in the country, none of them covered the point spread this weekend. And two of them lost outright. That'd have been a nice little eight team parlay. Uh, but I'm not smart enough to do that. By the way, spreads this week, uh, I just rechecked. Florida State Louisville started as a pickle. It opened as a pickle. Florida State is now a two point favorite. Uh, what does that Supposed to tell you, well, supposed to tell you that the early money is on Florida State. They're trying to get some betters now to bet Louisville, so you you bump it up a little bit, make Florida State a slight favor, slight road favorite on Friday night. ESPN seven thirty for that game Friday night. Louisville or Kentucky and Youngstown State, no spread on that, but Youngstown State's two and zero. That's another one of those noon games. SEC Network. Uh, Youngstown State and Kentucky. Western Kentucky at IU. Remember when IU went down to Bowling Green and lost last year? Well, payback. This game opened 9.5. It's at noon on the Big Ten Network. Opened as Indiana 9.5 point favorite. It is down to 6.5. That's a big early swing. And Purdue at Syracuse. The uh, Boilermakers with a 56 nothing win on Saturday over Indiana State. They're 1-1 one one now. Syracuse 2-0. They beat Connecticut 48-14. to We know who else they beat. They got Virginia the following week at Syracuse. They're home against Purdue. Syracuse could start 4-0. Syracuse could start 4-0. Over-under on Syracuse wins this year in Vegas was 4. Uh, that game, by the way, is a pickle. Purdue began as a one-point favorite. It's now a toss-up. ESPN two at noon on Saturday. So I know what I'm going to be doing at noon on Saturday. Sitting in front of as many TVs as I can, uh, I can get into my basement. Kentucky, Indiana, Purdue, all playing at noon on Saturday. All right. Some of the other games that intrigue me uh, over the weekend. Alabama, I mentioned twenty to nineteen over Texas. And that the, that's the reason they're number two now. Georgia's number one. Now, Georgia didn't play anybody. They played Samford. I get it. Um, Texas should have won the football game. The the call, the non-safety slash intention, non-intentional grounding play in the end zone, uh, still a mystery to me. Still a mystery. I still, you know, I guess the question I have is why go to replay If sometimes, sometimes you're not going to get it right. Now, I'm not saying they didn't get that call right. Bryce Young was not on the ground, he was laying on another player. So technically, he was still up. When he threw the ball off a defender's helmet and it landed innocently in the end zone, intentional grounding was called. But the replay official says, well, he hit a defender in the helmet with it, so we can't tell where it was going. So there might have been a receiver there that he was actually aiming at, so we can't call intentional grounding. Texas went from getting maybe seven points, if they call it a fumble, and they recover in the end zone, to two points, to no points. And Alabama escapes by how many? One point. Texas played great, but they couldn't get into the end zone. And I said this last week, the best player in America is Will Anderson. He's a defensive player. He's an edge rusher for Alabama. Bryce Young did not help his Heisman Trophy candidacy. He may not go back-to-back with the game at Texas. C.J. Stroud, he wasn't great against Notre Dame, and Notre Dame was showed yesterday, uh, Saturday that they're not great defensively. And C.J. Stroud at Ohio State didn't take advantage of that. That hurts his Heisman candidacy. I think Will Anderson right now is a nice little underdog bet to win the Heisman trophy. Defensive end for Alabama. He's that good. Uh Caleb Williams at SC, I like him a lot. Southern Cal impressed me again. I watched uh a little bit of that a little bit of that game while uh, the Kentucky Florida game was at commercial. Southern Cal with a 41-28 win over Stanford. It wasn't that close. Southern Cal's only problem is going to be stopping the other team this year. Because they're going to score a lot of points. A lot of points. Their only issue is, are we going to be able to not lose games 45-42? to Because they're going to score 40 points a game with Kalen Williams and that offensive juggernaut that they have. Lincoln Riley, he's just taken Oklahoma's offense and some of their players and brought them to Southern Cal. They're going to score a lot of points. And Caleb Williams is going to put up some big numbers at quarterback. So that game was uh that game was at least interesting. Um Tennessee Pitt was great. Overtime game. Tennessee wins at 34 27 in OT. Pitt scores on fourth down late in the game to send it to overtime with a backup quarterback, Keaton Slovis, the SC transfer, gets hurt. Uh, midway through that one, hopefully he'll be okay, but it didn't look good. But, uh, Tennessee six point favorites, your overtime win by seven. That's what we call a bad beat. If you bet on Pitt, that's a bad beat. Wake Forest beat Vanderbilt battle of the undefeateds. Wake 45, Vandy 25 in Nashville. Uh, Clark Lee, the head coach of Vanderbilt said that Vanderbilt's a sleeping giant. Well, their defense slept through that one. That's for sure. So some fun games. Look at the schedule coming up this week. I, it can't get any better. I I, sat, I was exhausted. I was exhausted. Tennessee Pitt. Even Louisville from Friday night. I was, St. X had an off week, so I was home watching the cards in Central Florida. <sighs> Got to score some more points, Louisville. And I know Malik, I thought Malik played very well, but you got to get some other guys involved here because you're going to have to score more than 20 to win some of these games. Your defense isn't that good. They played great on Friday. They were they were almost player of the game. I think Malik was player of the game, but they were almost player of the game. Defense played fantastic. All three levels against a good Central Florida team with a quarterback in John Reese Plumley that couldn't throw the ball. He can't throw the ball. I've decided. Now I know why he didn't play quarterback at Ole Miss, and Matt Corral didn't. Matt Corral, of course, first round draft pick, but John Reese Plumley—he can't throw the ball. There are going to be quarterbacks that can throw the ball. Jordan Travis might be one of those quarterbacks on Friday. So you're going to have to score points. I said it in the preseason. Louisville's going to have to win games 41 to 38. So far, they've scored seven against Syracuse and 20 against Central Florida. That's not going to hold up. It's not. All right, it's overreaction Monday. NFL. I got a lot of NFL stuff to talk about. Last year's two Super Bowl teams, by the way, both lost in the opening week. That hasn't happened since 1999 when Denver and Atlanta both lost. But the Bengals, they did old Bengals things, right? This is the new Bengals. We like the uniforms, we like the swagger, we got some high-profile defenders, we got skill players out the wazoo with Jamar Chase and T. Higgins who got hurt, and uh, Hayden Hurst and Joe Mixon, and we got a bunch, and of course Joe Burrow, we got a bunch of studs on offense, we got characters on defense that can get the job done, but you lose. You lose your home opener, you lose your season opener, 23-20 to a Steelers team that is probably considered the fourth best team in the AFC North. Now, the good news, if you're a Bengal fan, if you want the glasses half full version, Joe Burrow got sacked seven times and had five turnovers, four interceptions and a fumble and you were an extra point away from winning this game in regulation, it got blocked. Because your long snapper got hurt in the middle of the game. Right? I mean, you make an extra point with no time on the clock, you win the game. But it's blocked by Minka Fitzpatrick. So that's glass half full. Joe Burrow's not going to turn it over five times very often. We thought... The sack number was going to be a lot less. But it's a new offensive line, supposedly a better offensive line. But they have to play better together. And Joe Burrow has to get rid of the ball a little quicker. He can't take seven sacks. It's not all on the O-line. But the good news is you got Dallas without Dak Prescott next week. And I think the Bengals will be fine. But it's overreaction Monday. So we can't say anybody's, if you're 0-1-1 today, if you're 0-1-1 right now, we're looking ahead to next year. Is there any chance we can get Bryce Young in the draft? If you're 1-0, you're going to the Super Bowl. It's just the way it is. And I will overreact like everybody else after the break. You're listening to Spears on Sports, presented by Eminem Cartage on the Big Ass. Spears on Sports. Welcome back. Presented by Eminem Cards. John Spears in the studio. Eminem Cardinals Highline open, 384 1450. 384 1450. To join in on the conversation, Thornton's text line open as well, 502 414 1450. Get your text into the show at that number here in the final segment of the show, 414 1450. I didn't mention Jordan Wright at Kentucky. What a game he had! Big interception to uh, get the Cats within three there, late and a half. Late in the half, got them, uh, picked it off down at about the 10, got down near the five-yard line in Kentucky. They struggled, but they punched it in from there. And then the big pick six, uh, which turned out to be the game winner later uh, by the Cats. But Jordan Wright, he was a special player on defense, and I understand how bad Kentucky wanted him back. The news of the morning, of course, if you're Big Blue Nation, is Chris Rodriguez has finally been released. He will not play against Youngstown State. He will not play against Northern Illinois, but he will be eligible October 1st when the Cats travel to what should be a top-25 matchup, maybe a top-15 matchup when they travel to Ole Miss to take on Lane Kiffin's Mississippi Rebels. So C-Rod will end up with a four-game suspension. Louisville uh, will play Friday night against – Florida State at Cardinal Stadium, home opener, 7.30 on ESPN. The following week, the Cards game with South Florida now has a time and a network. It's a noon game um, a week from Saturday on Regional Sports Network, which includes Bally Sports South. We've had a lot of complaining about Regional Sports Network, but that is the situation the ACC is in. Um, I don't think I have that game. I don't care because I'll be at the game, but I don't think I have that network uh, on my Direct TV. So I'll be uh, I'll be there watching it. But a lot of people will not be happy. Noon game against South Florida a week from Saturday. All right, back to the NFL. The unders were ten and five so far this week. We got one more game tonight. Denver uh, on the road with Russell Wilson going against his old team. The uh, Broncos are six-and-a-half-point favorites. The over-under for the record, I think, let me double-check on this, the over-under tonight is 44. Denver and Seattle, under is 10-and-5 so far in Week 1. So the defenses are winning a little bit. We had a couple of games. The Chiefs put up 44, so uh, that's a big, big number. Patrick Mahomes didn't seem to miss Tyreek Hill. He threw five touchdown passes in the Chiefs scored 44 points against Arizona on the road. Um, But Tyreek Hill did okay in Miami as well. Hill had eight catches for 94 yards. Dolphins beat the Patriots. This is the first time any team has beaten a Bill Belichick coach team four times in a row. Miami Dolphins have beaten the New England Patriots four times in a row. Things sure have changed here on Walton's Mountain. Uh, I was talking about the Bengals. Again, I think they're going to be fine. They lose to Pittsburgh 23-20. They had numerous chances to win that game, including an extra point with no time left on the clock after a touchdown pass to Jamar Chase at the end of regulation. Minka Fitzpatrick got through, blocked the extra point. They also uh, missed a field goal later in the overtime. Boswell of uh, Pittsburgh hit the upright on a field goal in overtime, but Steelers end up winning it on a Chris Boswell field goal, 23-20. to uh, I did have the Steelers yesterday. I did like the Steelers yesterday uh, to win that game, but not in the fashion in which they won it. They're better with Mitch Trubisky this year than they were with Ben Roethlisberger last year. Ben Roethlisberger's a Hall of Fame quarterback. But last year, he stayed around a year too long. They are better with Mitchell Trubisky right now. And Mike Tomlin can coach. It's that simple. This team's never been under five hundred. He can coach. Uh, They did lose T.J. Watt, who is out with a suspected tear in his pectoral muscle. I feel like, and I don't know this because I didn't do the research because I never do, I think J.J. Watt had the same injury, his older brother. But T.J. Watt going to get an MRI today. It appears to be a torn pectoral muscle, which means he's, he's done. He's out for the year. Candidate for Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, That is a big loss for the Steelers. But I mentioned Joe Burrow took seven sacks. The O-line wasn't good, but Joe Burrow's got to be better. Four interceptions. He also had a lost fumble. So five turnovers for the darling of the Cincinnati media, Joe Burrow. I think he's great. I do. He got his team to the Super Bowl last year with with a really bad offensive line. But I say this, and I said this to friends of mine who are Bengals fans. I expect them to take a step back. I think they're going to make the playoffs again. Remember, they were ten and seven last year. It's not like they were, you know, fourteen and three. I think they barely get in as a wild card. I do think Baltimore is the class of that division. Uh, we almost had two ties yesterday. We had one: the Colts and the Texans. Texans have the ball, midfield, late in the overtime, and they punt. And they pin the Colts down with under a minute to go. The Colts, they don't want to make a mistake from their own 10-yard line. I understand that. But if you're a Houston Texan player, right, you, are, you have the longest shots. You have the longest shot to get to the Super Bowl of anybody. I think they're 800-1, to 1, something like that, to, to, to win the Super Bowl. Longest shot on the board. You're not going to the playoffs in all likelihood. Why don't you go for it? It was fourth and 10, maybe, at midfield with a minute to play in overtime. Go for it, Lovey Smith. What do you got to lose? It's not like you're going to, you know, three months from now, four months from now, you're going to go, Yeah, hey, we're 10 6 1. And if we hadn't gotten that tie with Colts, we were, we were, wouldn't have made the playoffs. No, now you're going to be three, 13 and one instead of maybe four and thirteen, or maybe three and fourteen. Because you don't get it, you lose. You got to go for it on fourth down. There, crazy. But we almost had two ties because the Bengals. I really thought the Bengals and Steelers were going to end up to tied twenty to twenty as well. Both games would have been twenty to twenty. I don't know, I would love to know what the odds of that are. Since 1973, when the overtime rule was put in, there have never, ever been two ties on the same day. Never. That is 49 years of NFL football. It feels like you get one, maybe two ties a year, never on the same day, and we almost had it yesterday. And if Chris Boswell doesn't make, well, I think it was a 52, 51, 52-yard 52 field goal at the end, we finish with two ties with the exact same score. I love football. Dak Prescott will be out six to eight weeks. He got hurt for the Cowboys last night, uh, tore something in his thumb. He will have surgery this week, six to eight weeks. The Cowboys, he was not good before he got hurt. They lost to Tampa, Tom Tom Brady Bay last night, 19-3. to three. Do the Cowboys now call the Niners and say, uh, what's it going to take to get Jimmy Garoppolo? Because you're going to miss Dak, he's going to miss at least six games. And you're in a weak division, although the Eagles' offense looked really good yesterday. By the way, NFC East, you got three teams that are 1-0. The Giants, the Commanders, and the Eagles. Only the Cowboys lost. And AFC West, everybody's 0-1. San Francisco lost to the lowly Bears. Arizona got run out of their own building against the Chiefs. And the Rams, of course, got waxed on Thursday night. Seattle plays tonight. All four teams could be 0-1 after today. But I don't know what the Cowboys do here. Cooper Rush came in at quarterback. Do you just say, let's go with Cooper Rush? Because if you're the 49ers, do you even want to get rid of Jimmy G now after what you saw from Trey Lance yesterday? I mean, I know it was a monsoon in Chicago. It was a crazy, rainy, flash-floody kind of day at Soldier Field. But somehow the Bears overcame it and beat the Niners 19-10. to Now, you can say... Well, you know, small sample size, you can't really go by a game like that. They played in a monsoon. Trey Lance was 13 of 28 for 164 yards with an interception. They put a whole lot of stock in a guy that played one college football game during the pandemic and was the third pick in the draft. And now you got a backup quarterback in Jimmy Garoppolo the tagline is all he does is win football games. He's gotten to a Super Bowl. He, is, uh, he was one game away from two Super Bowl appearances. He wins. His, his win-loss record is unmatched. But they don't like him. Can't win the big one. Well, if he can get you the Super Bowl, I say you go with him. How long does the Trey Lance experiment continue? I think for, a, for quite a while. However, you've got an experienced backup sitting on your bench. And if you're the 49ers, you've got to say to yourself, look, we got the Seahawks at home next game, then the Broncos, then the Rams, then the Panthers and Falcons back-to-back. You've got to win some of these games. I picked the Niners to go to the playoffs partially based on their schedule. They don't have a difficult schedule. They don't. It's not overwhelming. But if you lose to Seattle next week, if you lose to the Rams at home, let's say you're 1-3, do you pull the plug here and say, Jimmy G, get back in? Or do you listen to offers? What if Dallas comes calling with a, you know, we'll give you a fourth-round conditional pick for Jimmy G? who may or may not be ready to play right now anyway with the injury, uh, with the surgery that he had in the offseason. Do the Cowboys want to give up something to invest in a guy that they're only going to use for six weeks? And, by the way, he's got a no-trade clause. Part of the restructuring of Jimmy Garoppolo's contract with the Niners is he's got a no-trade clause. He has to approve any trade. And if you're Jimmy G, I'm not sure I want to go to Dallas after what I saw last night. That offense is... Anemic. Anemic. C.D. Lamb and a bunch of guys you never heard of are wide receivers. Ezekiel Elliott looks older older every time he carries the football. Tony Pollard wasn't much better yesterday. So Prescott out six to eight weeks with a torn ligament in his, in his thumb. He will uh, have surgery this week. Vikings Packers was great. I gave you the Vikings. That was my pick of the week. I've got them in in the Super Bowl. I got them in the Super Bowl. And I know it's overreaction Monday, but I'm going to overreact. Poor Aaron Rodgers. Devontae Adams, Aaron's former number one in Green Bay, had 10 catches for 141 yards for the Raiders yesterday. 10 catches, 141. Packer wide receivers yesterday had 12 catches for 120. Devontae Adams had more yardage receiving than the entire roster of wide receivers of the Green Bay Packers. Yikes. It's going to be a long season in Green Bay. Long season. And the Vikings, got a lot of weapons, man. Got a lot of weapons. The Bears won. The Giants won. Did you have that parlay? Brian Dabo, the first, first... Game head coach goes for two at the end for the win and gets it. Manning cast tonight on ESPN2. Peyton and Eli, Denver and Seattle. I'm giving you Denver minus the points. Thanks for listening. Spears on sports. sports presented by Hammond him Gardage on the Big Air.